0: what up what up what up friends and welcome to the ball and buds podcast i am your host omar fonseca and as always thank you for tuning in to our part two of the tribute to the life and career of Hammerin hank aaron And as I mentioned in the last episode, this episode will be all about the chase, all about Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. It is going to be awesome. I have a special piece of audio for you, the home run call from that day by the legendary Vin Scully. Oh man, when you listen to it, it just gives you goosebumps taking you back to that day, the incredible call the incredible descriptions, the feelings, the emotions, the energy. You can hear the background fireworks and cheers. Oh, wow, you're going to love it. But first, you know how we like to start things off here on the Ball and Buds podcast with Omar's Overture. So let's kick this bad boy off. With a quote from the 1990s in which Hank Aaron told William C. Roden of the New York Times, April 8th, 1974, really led up to turning me off on baseball. It really made me see for the first time a clear picture of what this country is about. My kids had to live like they were in prison because of kidnap threats. And I had to live like a pig in a slaughter camp. I had to duck. I had to go out of the back of ballparks. I had to have a police escort with me all the time. I was getting threatening letters every single day. All of these things have put a bad taste in my mouth, and it won't go away. They carved a piece of my heart away. Now imagine, Hank Aaron is just trying to play the game that he loves, trying to play the game that he grew up aspiring to play. All he ever wanted to do was be a ball player. But because of these racist individuals, these disgusting, vile people, sending disgusting letters and yelling horrible things from the stands. He wasn't able to bring that joy to the world. He wasn't able to play the game at his fullest ability because of everything that he was going through. Imagine, imagine if he had, if he was able to play carefree, if he was able to play with nothing on his mind, how many home runs could he have hit then? But, Alas, since he can't control the way that people were treating him, and because of the fact that these people that he was trying to entertain were trying to steal his joy and trying to steal everything that he had worked for, everything that he had envisioned that he would become, but he couldn't give up. He couldn't let them get to him, not just for himself, for the black community, for all the people that looked up to him, and for the whole world. But he had to prove it. He had to prove that he could overcome the hate, that he wasn't able to give up. There were probably plenty of nights and days that he was sitting there thinking about giving up. I probably would have wanted to give up, but he didn't. He persevered. And that's the story of Hank Aaron, a story of perseverance. That's how he was able to break Babe Ruth's record in the face of massive hate. Quote from Dusty Baker about that world-famous focus of Hank Aaron's, he said nobody had concentration like he did, sitting there at the dugout, looking at the pitcher through the little hole in his cap to focus on the release point. Never saw anyone do that before. And little things like that are the reason that Hank Aaron became baseball's home run king, hitting his 715th home run on April 8th, 1974. Way before the chase Back in 1957, he was already a star when he led the Braves to victory over Mickey Mantle and the New York Yankees in the World Series. In 1958, they actually made it back, but his Braves blew the 3-1 series lead and lost in seven games to the Yankees. Sadly, Hank Aaron would go on to play two more decades for the Braves and they would never win another pennant. Conversely, some fun facts. Hank Aaron hit 44 home runs matching his jersey number four times in his career and his highest total was only 47 in 1971 but he was still baseball's home run king which is insane what that's sustained greatness that's longevity folks that's what you call that right there excellence at its best Fast forwarding to 1972, Hank Aaron actually became the highest paid player in baseball history, signing a three-year, $600,000 deal, which is about $3.7 million in today's money. This is rolling into the chase in 1973, the anticipation is building. Hank Aaron emerges as a national figure on Time and Newsweek, sought out for TV and newspaper interviews. He was even featured in a Charles Schultz Peanuts comic, which I thought was pretty dope. After hitting his 700th home run on July 21st against the Philadelphia Phillies' Ken Brent in Atlanta, he was very disappointed that Bowie Kuhn, the commissioner of baseball, was not there to offer his congratulations. Bowie Kuhn responded, saying that he was one of Aaron's biggest supporters so he promised to lead the next ceremony with 714 and 715. Well, let me tell you something. When he hit 715, Kuhn wasn't present in Atlanta. No, he sent one of his lackeys, Monty Irving, to represent him. Aaron never forgot that snub. In nineteen seventy-three, Hank Aaron hit 40 home runs, leaving him one shy of the record at 713. That offseason opened up a world of commercial opportunities, even though Hank Aaron received very few promotional opportunities in his career. That offseason, TV manufacturer Magnavox signed him to a five-year, $1 million contract in anticipation of him breaking Babe Ruth's record. But trouble was brewing as spring training loomed. Brave's ownership had said that it intended to keep Hank Aaron out of its opening three-game series in Cincinnati so that he could break Babe Ruth's record back in Atlanta during their homestand. They're going to be selling a lot of tickets. They're going to be getting all their fans there. So Hank Aaron was amenable to this. He wanted to please the people of Atlanta. He felt he owed it to them. But here comes Bowie Kuhn that said he had to play at least two games in Cincinnati citing the integrity of the game. No, Mr. Coon, the integrity of the game would be letting Hank Aaron break the record in front of his fans in Atlanta. Nevertheless, Hank Aaron was in the lineup opening day. Luckily, he only hit one home run, <laughs> right? Luckily, he only hit one. After that, seven fourteen flashed on the board. But Atlanta did not put Aaron in the lineup for Game 2 to not threaten the record. After that, Bowie Kuhn actually threatened them with penalties if Hank Aaron was not in the starting lineup in Game 3. How are you trying to make it harder on this man instead of letting him hit the home run and earn the record in front of his home fans, making it better for them? That don't make no sense to me because you're going to make more money on the game anyways if you play it in Atlanta. Luckily, Hank Aaron went homerless in any case, and they went home that following Monday to play the Los Angeles Dodgers before a record crowd of 53,775 fans. And the crowd goes wild. It was the fourth inning with a misty rain falling and nobody on base. Hank Aaron strides to the plate to face left-hander Al Dowling. Now, without further ado, the legendary Vin Scully on the call, ladies and gentlemen. This clip is copyrighted by Major League Baseball and is only being used for entertainment purposes.
1: Once again, a standing ovation for Henry Aaron. Though the confrontation for the second time, Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. But we'll see what Downing does. Al at the belt delivers, and he's low. Ball one, and that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional and pitches games. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world a black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol and it is a great moment for all of us and particularly for Henry Aaron who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves but by his father and mother he threw his arms around his father and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand. And that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air. And for the first time in a long time... That poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At ten minutes after nine in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. And I'm sure films of it will be seen around the world, and you can hear Georgia around the world. Henry Aaron is now at the microphone. Henry summed it all up by saying, I thank God it's all over with. And I'm sure he has thanked God many times that he had to do it to get it all over with as he becomes the greatest home run hitter in the history of baseball.
0: And it was on that infamous day of april eighth, nineteen seventy four that a black man named Hank Aaron broke a white man named Babe Bruce Home Run Record, one of the most hallowed records in sports that they thought would never be broken by at that point in time what was considered to be the greatest baseball player in history. And this moment not only changed the course of baseball, but the course of the world and history. Because it was mainstream that a black man surpassed a white man. And so it just brought with it a lot of amazing things as the acceptance more of black players. I'm sure in some places brought down racism. Probably somewhere along the line affected some people's minds, whether it was children that were seeing it, that were being taught things by their parents to be racist, but now, they, now they're not because of that. Or maybe even adults who might have been racist, but they were like, well, you know, he's a really good guy. He's humble. He can do the same things. And maybe they changed their mind. And it was not only because of those amazing baseball accomplishments, but also his accomplishments of philanthropism. And for all the things he did to substantially improve society as a whole. So on the 25th anniversary of him hitting that 715th home run to break Babe Ruth's record, Bud Selig created the Hank Aaron Award, which was given to the best offensive performers in each league. And then in 2002, 14 years later, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom from George W. Bush. The citation said that he embodied the true spirit of the nation. After that 1973 season, Hank Aaron continued to play with the Braves through the 1974 season. During that 1974 season, his former teammate, Eddie Matthews, was fired as coach. And Hank Aaron was upset that he was not offered the position to become the first black manager. Instead, that post went to Frank Robinson a year later with the Cleveland Indians. After that, Hank Aaron had little interest in continuing to play for the Braves. Even with their reputation as being progressive in the New South, he felt he never received the backing he desired. And so following the 1974 season, he was traded to the Milwaukee Brewers of the AL to enable him to close out his career in the city that it began. He hit his final home run, number 755. On July 20th, 1976, off of Dick Drago of the California Angels, which sounds a lot like Ivan Drago, so it's funny because of Rocky. But anyways, eventually, the home run record would go on to be surpassed 33 years after Hank Aaron said it in 2007 by Barry Bonds, who went on to hit 762. But many, in baseball including yours truly believe the record to be tainted. Yes, he took steroids. So I still believe that Hank Aaron is the home run King and Hank Aaron will always be the home run King to me. But on a side note that Barry Bond should be in the hall of fame. I just think it should be on their plaques. I think him and Roger Clemens and all the rest of the PED people should be in the hall of fame. It should just be noted on their plaque what they did. Because Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he even started taking steroids. But he still didn't. Hank Aaron, humble as always, said on the day that Barry Bonds broke his record, My hope today that it was on that evening in 1974 is that the achievement of this record will inspire others to chase their own dreams. In 1977 in April, the Braves retired number 44 and unveiled a statue of Hank Aaron in front of Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, and then later moved it to Turner Field, which the address is now 755 Hank Aaron Drive. Hank Aaron returned as vice president of player development and then later as senior VP. He hoped that black players would be able to work in the front office after the playing days were over. But as he noted, it was always back to the back of the bus again, which is sad if you think about it, because there are a lot of minorities now in baseball that play, and we are having the same issues in a lot of our sports. Major League Baseball doesn't have as much of an issue as, say, the NFL with hiring minority coaches. But it's still an issue that needs fixing. A quote, From Jackie Robinson's 1964 collection of accounts of baseball figures, battles with racism, called Baseball Has Done It. He said, I read some newspaper man saying I was just some dumb kid from the South with no education, and all I knew how to do was go out there and hit. Baseball has done a lot for me. Give me an education and meeting other people. But it's taught me, he added pointedly, that regardless of who you are or how much money you make, you're still a Negro. Well, the civil rights movement made historic gains during Hank Aaron's career, but he knew that the road to equal treatment for black people remained long. He was quoted as saying, any black who thinks the same thing can't happen to them today is sadly mistaken. It happens now with people in three-piece suits instead of hoods on. When inducted into the Hall of Fame, Aaron finally felt he was accorded the respect he deserved. It was always this player and that player and then Henry Aaron. And he said to Ruth devotees, I didn't want them to forget Babe Ruth. I just wanted them to remember Henry Aaron. Well, I can tell you, Henry Aaron, we remember you. And we will never forget you. And we will never forget what you did for America and for the history of Major League Baseball. You helped to change the game and bring minorities these days more opportunities because of you and other players from your time. And even though we may not ever be on equal footing, as long as we are learning to self-improve and grow and working to help others less fortunate than ourselves, then we can make this world a better place for everyone. And as always here on the Ball and Buds podcast, we like to sign off with Omar's epilogue to honor God's all-star team. All the legends that we lost in 2020 and 2021 is an amazing list. At Coach Tommy Lasorda. Pitching. Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, Phil Necro, Don Sutton, and Don Larson. Infielders. Joe Morgan, Tony Fernandez, Dick Allen, and outfielders, Lou Brock, Al K-9, and finally, Hank Aaron. Rest in power, Baseball Kings. I would also be remiss if I didn't say happy birthday to the late, great, hammering Hank Aaron. It is fitting that as we sign off on this part two of the tribute to his life and career that we will be recording this episode on his first birthday after he passed. Rest in peace and thank you. Subscribe to stay updated and download all the new episodes. Until then, stay safe, take care of yourself, be kind to each other, and spread love the Omar way. 5,000